All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So um, Alec and I want to talk about something that's a little bit controversial, I suppose. You know, it, it, it brings up numerous questions about the mental impact of certain choices and certain certain content on the internet. Um, specifically, we want to talk about, you know, OnlyFans creators, as well as some of the choices that people make nowadays. Um, you know, I've said on this podcast before that I watched a lot of TikTok and uh, I, I've personally seen it on TikTok where former creators have come out saying that, you know, they they regret doing it because it's impacted their personal relationships. I've seen people who, you know, complain about spending hundreds of dollars on subscriptions for people that they've like never actually spoken to. And um, so I just want to get your opinion on that, Alec. My initial stance on OnlyFans, I'm really just not for it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same. And I have the same issue with it as I do with social media and technology nowadays, which is the ease of accessibility to it. Right. Um, not only is it easy to, ex- to access for people, but you can do it anytime, however many times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I suppose that's the difference between you know, like actual prostitution and if you, if you will, like this digital prostitution where it's like, if prostitution is legal, then these workers are usually working out of brothels, which means that you have mm-hmm. to go to the brothel, you have to get past security, you then have to actually speak to one of these workers to obviously, you know, like have her name her price and then you name what you want to do, right? There's, it's, there's a lot more of a actual human aspect to it. Whereas you're right, you know, like, if you just hop on your phone and you see this OnlyFans creator that you like, then you just enter in your credit card information and you have access to like all of her content. Yeah. However many times, whenever you want. Exactly. Yeah. And Whereas, uh, like, if it was like, you know, brothel, like, yeah, you could go, you could be there for, I don't know, an hour or so. I wouldn't know. Um, but at some point you need to go. Yeah, that's true. And not only at some point do you need to go, but like, even even if you go there and and you obviously solicit sex from a worker um once the encounter is finished like it's done whereas w- with only fans it's kind of like you know you pay for the subscription and then you can screenshot yeah. you can capture it you can you know it's almost as if it's an un- it's an encounter that is indefinite because yeah, you can rewatch you... it. You can exactly. do that sort of thing. Yeah, you can argue the same type of point with um, legal prostitution and brothels in which you can be like, I don't know, a regular customer. Sure, but, you know, that's still different because once the encounter is finished, like, you still leave the brothel. And yeah, you... it, there's still a lot of uh, space between those interactions, whereas OnlyFans has pretty much zero. Exactly. And, you know, like let's assume that you're at work, right? If you're at work, you can't just leave work to go to your brothel to solicit sex from your favorite sex worker, right? Whereas if you're at work or at home, at a family dinner, whatever it is, right? If you feel the urge to suddenly want to, you know, watch your favorite content from your favorite um, OnlyFans creator, that's accessible to you. Not even just, yeah, just any situation. Yeah. And, Regarding that person at work, I don't know. He probably could just go on his break if he's very determined. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. But still, 
even then he has to but wait that's still for a certain, a much, yeah. there's still that level of difficulty in terms of you know actually completing those tasks between you know only fans and going to an actual brothel yeah i do True. know what you mean yeah and you know i think what's even more important than the person consuming the content or soliciting sex in that moment is the like as a sex worker if you work in a brothel like the only people who really know about you are the people who come and visit you right like unless mm-hmm. you unless you tell people what you do right i like i i often think about this like how many sex workers have i walked past like even just in the supermarket in my life yeah, and, and you've I, never known it and i've never known exactly and this kind of goes back to what you're saying about how people have come out saying like oh is this ruined this aspect of my life and that's the thing it's because it's very accessible exactly and that's that's sort of the point that i always make to myself at least because i've never really spoken to anyone about this because like it's not a topic that you just like speak with normal people with right it's just like the the thing with only fans is like once you're out there and this is the same with anything on the internet once you're out there you're kind of out there right yeah once something is out there it's never really gone even if you delete it like exactly um and even if you put it behind a paywall like if you go onto reddit right for most of the big like OnlyFans creators, there there are leak subreddits where you have not where you now have like free access to, to the content. Yeah, and it's not even that; it's just people can like, save it somehow and then like share exactly. it with their mates or something. Exactly. So, I think that the biggest impact that stuff like OnlyFans has is actually for the content creators and for the in air quotes sex worker in that moment versus the person who's consuming it because let's be real like from the moment that like porn has been accessible on the internet uh you know you could obviously argue even though the um the porn stars in the in the sense aren't actively partaking in the encounter with you right because like that's sort of different with only fans because with only fans you can buy a sub and you can like actually speak to these people right can you? like yeah i think you can like i chat thought it was just like you view their content that's it no, nah, I'm pretty sure that you can chat with them. Um, but that's that's besides the point, right? Like when you consume porn, it's mostly a one-way thing. Like these content yeah. creators obviously, you know, film the scenes and then it gets posted to these websites and then, you know, people watch it. Hmm. Whereas with OnlyFans, there is an actual like interaction. There's a level of interaction, yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. And I think that's the difference. And I think that's what, like, I, I honestly think that that's what fucks up a lot of, these content creators it's just like just the fact that like you know once you have a certain amount of subs who want like a message a message from you every day you've now created more th- like you've done more than just sell your body at that point you're beginning yeah. to sell like your words and your thoughts and your time obviously because it like i suppose the difference between an only fans creator and a porn star is that like porn star will you know like film a scene once it gets posted and, and then that content can be endlessly consumed, right? Mm-hmm. Versus an OnlyFans creator, people sub because they want constant updates from you. Oh yeah, well, with like the promise of having updates. Exactly. So you're now having to constantly create the same kind of content. Yeah. And I also and- think that the issue there is that like, once like, just imagine for a second that you're a lonely guy, right? You don't have like much interaction with women mm. and 
you 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 get to a desperation point where you're like, okay, look, I'm just gonna buy an OnlyFans sub so that I can at least talk to someone, right? Like at least talk to someone in a sexual way that will like like halfway please me. I think as soon as you do that, it fucks up the way that you like in actually in in real life interact with the opposite sex. Yeah, and that's the same with uh, porn. It's been the same for a long time. It just it it skews your perception of human beings in general. Absolutely, and yeah, like porn, for example, it can mess up your reality of what beauty actually is, what a real woman or a real man looks like. Yeah, um, like exactly, and I think. What's even more devastating than that is that, like, if if you have a problem with porn, in the sense that you overconsume it, I think it also changes the way that you look at sexual relationships, right, or like sexual mm-hmm. encounters, because you always expect there to be a certain level of intensity or a certain level of of I don't want to call it perversion because, like, whatever you lewdness. want to do, yeah, exactly. There's a certain yeah. le- level of lewdness uh, as- associated with with it because yeah, obviously you know whatever two consenting adults want to do in the bedroom that's that's their thing right but i feel like especially if you have a relationship where one partner consumes or watches porn and the other doesn't really like there's a dis there's a mismatch there on what the expectations are during a sexual mm. encounter especially if it's like a one night stand scenario oh absolutely yeah i, I would argue then it's even worse because now yeah. Because now there's no like commitment to at least somewhat catering to the other person's wants, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're like, well, this is just a one-time thing anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and there's also a different atmosphere when it comes to a one-night stand as well. Oh, for sure. And so I feel like that can give someone who's in that mental state a arbitrary green light to be like, oh, I can probably just do this true and yeah. most times you shouldn't exactly yeah and, yeah you know with people growing up now with access to this kind of thing especially with only fans and the age at which they have technology as their mm-hmm. own like having their own personal tablet or phone it's scary just to think about how it's fucking up their minds yeah you know i would almost argue that even though this this sounds a little bit counterintuitive but i would argue that the accessibility of pornographic material and you know access to to platforms like OnlyFans actually makes especially young men and i'm talking not i'm talking about teenagers here right people Mm -hmm. like like young dudes who are still in a developmental phase, I feel like that really skews not just their worldviews, but it also skews their idea of masculinity because right. there is no longer the need to like actively work for or pursue the biggest dopamine release that you can have as a man, right? Which is like, even though, even though in these cases it will be self-induced, right? Which is the orgasm. You're still not having to exert any effort whatsoever to access the things that give you that, right? 
Yeah. And it's not even that in particular. It's what comes with it, which is social interaction, your ability yeah. to read a room, to read other people, read different situations and act accordingly. Yeah. Um, you, you could, it's very, very easy to become just an absolute creep at that point. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, beyond the social aspect of things, I, I tried to touch upon this on the episode with uh, Zico, um, although he like rightfully so said that he wasn't an expert on it, so he didn't want to speak about it. But I'm, I'm convinced that the constant release of dopamine um, due to, you know, excessive porn consumption or excessive access to platforms like OnlyFans, it's just not good for the way that your mind works. You know, um, I'll be the first to say that I had, I had struggled with porn in high school, especially like I was completely over consuming it just because it was so easy to access. Right. And, you know, what that definitely did is it, it, it fucked up the way that I saw like interpersonal relationships. Definitely. It def- I feel like it definitely does take away the intimacy that you could either look for and or give to some other people. I agree. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that even when I kind of like space out at times in public and I like kind of like just watch other people, I do feel like there is that loss of connection nowadays. I totally agree. Um, it's, it's almost sad, you know, I caught myself recently kind of partaking in that in the sense that like when I was on holiday with my girlfriend, we weren't always on our phones. Right. But I like, there were some moments where I, where I saw that like, not just me and her were like kind of in our own bubble, doing our own thing on our phones, but like everyone around us was also doing that. And so what ended up happening was that you had like essentially a, a, a pool slash like, like sunbathing area where no one was really talking but everyone was there. Yeah, you're just existing and the person that you were just happened to be next to you. Exactly. And, you know, for us, it, it was comfortable because me and my girlfriend live very stressful lives. So, you know, coming down from that and just like being alone in your own space, although not really being alone was kind of a nice thing to have, right? And, you know, just by contrast, we had enough like nice moments where we actually interacted to, with each other so, such that the feeling wasn't like, oh, we're just kind of like not talking with each other. That yeah, wasn't yeah, there. But I feel like that's the good kind though. Yeah. You know I mean, like going, getting to a point where you can be with someone and you don't necessarily need to be doing something. Absolutely. But you're, but you're happy that they're like in the vicinity. Exactly. Yeah. But I get but, what you mean. Like that's, it's also a dangerous kind of tight rope to walk. Yeah, between you sure. know having those nice moments and then having it become a, a constant repeat of everyday life, just kind of just being in the same area, not doing anything together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's the pitfall that like really comes with stuff like OnlyFans, TikTok. Even though I consume it myself, you know, I I always warn people, but I do it myself, right? Hmm. Um, I feel like choosing to overindulge in that stuff is dangerous because the way that that stuff works is like, especially TikTok is guilty of this and OnlyFans is, I guess, in a way even worse because you only subscribe to the things that you like, right? Mm -hmm. So you're only going to be exposed to things that you like. And it's the same with TikTok. TikTok learns what you like to look at, right? Um, And it just constantly feeds you the same crap 
hour after hour. And so what happens is you start to think like, why should I interact with someone else where I have to maybe deal with their opinion that I don't like, or I have to maybe, you know, come to terms with the way that they do this or that, when I could just exist in my own little bubble where I have access to like a sexual kind of entertainment. And I also have just access to entertainment in general. Right. And all of that stuff is tailored towards me. All the stuff on these two platforms are stuff that I like. But that's the thing. That's why it's so common now. It's because it's so easy. Exactly. But I think it's dangerous because you're no longer exposed to like all the vibrancy and all the diversity that just is life. You know, like people, people just look different. And, you know, this is something that I noticed on my recent vacation because like we, we were at the beach and obviously, you know, here in Europe, it's like kind of, especially in Spain, normal for like women to walk around on the beach without a bikini top. Right. Yeah. And like, what I noticed is that like, even just that aspect of a woman is so different from woman to woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially once you get accustomed to like only looking at a certain type of that because you overconsume porn or because of only fans and stuff like that, you automatically see just a regular woman who has completely normal breasts, right? You might start to see that as unattractive or as, as, as abnormal. Yeah. Even though all of that is perfect. Just, just, yeah, that's bad. If you think of it as abnormal. Yeah. Ah, it's tough, man. Like, I feel like it's also really difficult to speak about this because on the one hand, like it's perfectly legitimate to have your own preferences, right? It's perfectly legitimate to be like, I like this and I don't really like that. That's fine. Um, I just worry about the way that people come to these preferences. Yeah. Like I, it's like, it's it's the kind of same mindset I have with like the second amendment in America. Like Mm -hmm. it's, there's nothing wrong with saying I like something, don't take it away or let me be. Um, But it, it really does worry me the effects that prolonged exposure to it has. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a more elegant way to put it. Like porn is like, it's not, it's not harmful. I, truly do not think that it's inherently harmful Mm. like anything but you people being exposed to it for a certain amount of time that's when it can get dangerous like anything else i mean if you compare the consumption of porn porn if you will metaphorically to the consumption of alcoholic beverages right having a beer now and then or having a cocktail or having a glass of wine now and then isn't gonna fucking ruin you right no no it's the binge drinking and the constant drinking that's going to fuck you up. Yeah. Constantly drinking will damage your body and your liver and stuff. Whereas like porn and stuff like that, it's more mental. It's more yeah. deeply ingrained in how you're wired as a, a human being. Absolutely. And I feel that's potentially even more dangerous than stuff like alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that because of the ease of access to stuff like OnlyFans and porn websites that that is a contributing factor to the, in my opinion, over-sexualization of our current society? I think it's part of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, you know, these extreme people who are very liberal, mm-hmm. like a veteran that comes to my head. You know, it's, I see it as, you know, comparable to when, you know, Elvis was coming up. Mm-hmm. And women 
and people in general actually were going crazy because that was like the first time sex was like casual. Sure. Yeah. And it was being like introduced to a society where conservativeness was like the thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's that times 10. And you put that kind of concept into our societal context where things like sex is already so casual. Like you learn about these things at too young an age. Absolutely. I agree. And then you add these different factors and how society keep, keeps moving in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And then you add stuff like OnlyFans and porn. It's a recipe for a disaster. I agree. I think while stuff like OnlyFans and porn isn't the, the, the driver behind... And I just want to clarify, when I, when I speak about an over-sexualized society, I'm not just talking about the fact that, like, obviously the, the, the sexuality of the individual is overemphasized in today's society. I'm also talking about an, a general overemphasis about sexuality, right? So I'm not just talking about the individual person being like, oh, you know, I have such like, like sex is much more accessible. I'm talking about a societal almost mania revolving around sexuality. And I think that porn and OnlyFans and all the stuff that's like that on the internet, well, it's not that it's not a driving factor. It is to the extent that it is, that it exists today. It is a perfect mirror of what's actually going on. Right? You have the complete erosion of modesty. You have the complete erosion of any kind of, I don't know how you should say it, but like, cause like, I don't feel like it's right to gatekeep sex in any kind of a way. Right. Mm-hmm. But the opposite is true today. Like everything is accessible. Everything is okay. Yeah. We, we've gone too far down the road. I feel. Yeah. We need to agree. get back into, we need to swerve a bit back into that lane. Like back then when, you know, a guy got excited because he saw a girl's ankles, <laughs> those times in introducing sex to society being, being more casual, that mm. is, it was more about being able to be, to be free and expressing yourself, not just with your words, but with your actions and but with your body as well. And not being ashamed of having those sexual feelings. Whereas now it's just more like, yeah, I'll be naked. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And, And, oh yeah, I'll sleep with this many people, which I also think is pretty bad for both men and women. Oh, I agree. I I think even, especially because I've partaken in this to, to a certain degree myself, I think that the prevalence of casual sexual encounters is a really big driver behind not just our obsession with gender and with sexuality, but I think it makes a lot of people insecure. I really do because, and this sounds counterintuitive, right? But like, because everyone is having so much sex around you, you feel like you have to keep up and it's never enough because even though like, like let's say in a year you have sexual encounters with 10 partners, right? Mm Mm-hmm there's always going to be that one guy who had 11 or that one girl who had 11. And so it's but, never enough. Yeah, and it, it, it also depends on who you're surrounded by. Yeah, true. Um, but that was when we were sort of in our teens, wasn't it? Because now I keep hearing and reading these articles about 
the sexless men and how men aren't actually having sex now. Yeah, and you know, I don't know what it is for women because I haven't come across it yet. So I've actually been following this really closely because I've noticed a pattern. Have you have you noticed how, especially like in social media, men are always portrayed as these these creatures who have all the sex with all the women whenever they want. Mm-hmm. That narrative is a complete lie because they're mistaking 1% of men for all of men, right? Because the truth is, and, you know, this really hit me like a fucking train when I realized this. It's like most guys out there, especially nowadays, they're not having like even regular sexual encounters with one person. Even when we were growing up. Yeah. Before all this wokeism happened. Absolutely. And I feel like it's also important to state that not only were they not having that much sex, most guys I feel don't actually want to have that much sex. That's also very true because again, this is the the hypersexualization of our society because men see that, oh, this guy is having that like like X amount of sexual encounters. I now have to live up to that, mm-hmm. which is bullshit. Because But that could also be contributed to the a skewed sense of what masculinity is as well. Absolutely. Um, And the point I was going to make is that like the way that men and women choose sexual encounters is just fundamentally a little bit different. You ever notice how like pretty good looking guys will sometimes have an encounter with a woman who's like, I hate, putting people on scales right because like everyone's just completely different but like you ever notice mm-hmm. how like a guy who was like a seven or eight will actually have a sexual encounter with a woman who's like a five or six yeah but you ever notice how it's not that common the other way around yeah and the thing All is the time. exactly and the thing is once the like five like the woman who's a five or six has had an encounter with a man who's like a seven or eight right guess what her standard now is yeah Whereas the guy who's maybe just like, you know, a, f- a, f- a five or a six is very rarely going to be entertained by a woman who's like a seven or eight. And again, I hate putting people on scales like this, but like it's the easiest way to visualize what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And the issue that happens there is like, because like I said, most guys are just, you know, even though they don't want the amount of sex that is often portrayed in society, most guys are less choosy about their, their sexual encounters. If anything, most, at least, intelligent, um, I don't know, um, decent guys who are on that mm. scale can look at those women who are on that, like, ten high 10% and think, man, there's really nothing there. Very true. Yeah, exactly. Not to say that there aren't beautiful women who are also, who also have character behind it. But, you know, if you're a guy and you've grown up seeing different types of people, the more attractive ones tend to be the ones with the least amount of character. That's true. And I would argue that it is the same for very attractive men. Yeah, no. And I'm talking about this in general. Okay. And it's also not to say that people who are average um, or people who have good personalities aren't good looking either because, you know, beauty is subjective, but we're all, we're always talking in generalizations here, which could also be dangerous, but there you go. 
Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think what tends to get forgotten in conversations like this and in, and in the general narrative that surrounds us is that most people and people, I don't, I don't see how people can forget this because it's fucking in, it's, it's, it's in the fucking name, right? Most people are just average. <laughs> like they're, they're average looking, they have an average character, they have average hobbies. Most people are just completely fucking normal. Right. Yeah, and then you add all those factors that we've been talking about up until this point, people forget that. Exactly. And that's that starts the loss of that human connection, that intimacy, that um for sure standard goes up way too high or it goes way too low for the individual themselves and how they perceive themselves. Yeah. Like I love those like women's magazines. I love reading those covers because I'm like, this is just so bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it's very laughable because it, you know, stuff like that and media, I feel like it does, you know, you, people find empowerment out of it sometimes. And I'm like, okay, yeah, if, it, if it's working for you, go ahead. But I feel like for the most part, it has people forgetting how beautiful they are. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, like, um, I, like I'm one of those people who will say definitively, and I will never stop saying it. I will. I'm glad to repeat it that beauty is everywhere. You just really need to open your eyes and your mind to it. Yeah, dude, I 110% agree with that. You know, um, I would almost argue that the most beauty is in fact to be found amongst just your everyday Joes and Janes because they come in so many different shapes so many different colors, so many different everything, right? Mm. Whereas, let's be perfectly honest, when you visualize like a super beautiful woman, there are like four different phenotype combinations that you visualize for most people, right? Mm. And it's the same for women. When they visualize like a super attractive guy, it's usually a tall, blonde, blue-eyed dude or like a tall, muscular, southern like Southern European type of guy. It's one of those two things. Yeah, like the conventionally attractive standard. Yeah. Yeah. And so those are two, like, let's be honest, that isn't that kind of boring? Like the, the fact that you think about like, oh, well, for most guys, if they, they had to describe like a super beautiful woman, it would be a tall, like, like, like not taller than them, but still relatively tall, blonde, blue eyed or brunette, whatever, right? Like there are like three or four different ways to describe it, right? Whereas yeah. when, when you look at just like, completely normal people there's a lot more variety there yeah and also and i think this kind of comes with age and experience you because when you know when you're young you focus on the aesthetics of sure yeah because that's how you know that that's the window to which your brain can absorb things from uh, your senses and one of them a big part of it is your visuals but as you i find at least me getting older and experiencing life a bit more it's also the actions oh sure someone because and we're going back into generalization here you see an average person not even like a woman or a man specifically Mm. but you see a person they're you know average and they're not the conventional type of beauty um but if when they act a certain way or they do certain things that lets you know that they are a genuinely decent person i agree that like that ups the beauty level 
quite a bit. And I think that the lack of, I'd say, decent human beings nowadays adds to that because now that there's a rarity for it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the same when it comes to the physical beauty, right? Because, you know, you have these conventional types and it's like, oh, that's kind of boring. And then you see someone else who's different and they're, you know, attracted to your eyes and you feel a certain way because it is different, because it is rare. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's why, you know, back in the Philippines, you see a lot of um, well-off women or pe- women who are in secure marriages with white guys sure yeah and it's like why do you think that as well to simplify is because those probably those white guys are kind of sick of the women that they were surrounded by going up in the west sure um that's one factor you know obviously yeah definitely that's just yeah. one factor it's yeah. not the whole end all be all right the you know, cultural yeah. differences can make uh people act in different ways yeah and you know especially when it, when it comes to you know in air quotes the interracial marriages there there are a lot they're, they're generally more difficult to succeed in than you know just marrying someone who comes from your culture circle right i think i, I think that's pretty obvious yeah because um, that's normal there's like a blueprint well yeah um, some sort of roadmap for that exactly yeah um but i agree you know um <laughs> where we grew up it was pretty I don't want to say pretty common, but like you saw it a lot where, you know, this is, this is my family. My, my mother's from the Philippines. My father's from Germany. Yeah. Mine as well. Yeah. Um, and because of those cultural differences, there were oftentimes problems that arose from misunderstanding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I speak to my parents nowadays, you know, especially because my parents were lucky enough to sort of make it through the tough times and, you know, end up still together. And now both my parents are retired. My parents still have their own business, but, you know, it's all slowed down a bit. When when I speak to them, you know, the general consensus is that the mixing of those two cultures has benefited them, right? Mm. And again, you know, I, I really wouldn't say that my parents, that, that neither of my parents are super attractive people, but it, it, they have found something in each other that no one else has, apparently. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say that, like, there's, there's a beauty in averageness because like you said, it's what a person does that counts, you know, as a car guy myself, I I like to often compare this to like the cars that you drive in your early twenties when you're a car dude, right? None of them make much sense. Like they're always these flashy things that have some kind of an impracticality or, or an unreliability to them. Or even just the cars that you want to drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And as you age, that changes because you realize that like, I don't need the BMW. I need the Toyota. Cause it's going to get, it's going to fucking get me to work every day. And it's not going to cost me anything. Yeah. And it's like, I love how my realization of like the Prius came to be like, actually, that's actually a pretty good car. Oh dude. You know, this is, this is car guy. <laughs> this is car guy blasphemy. But um, when I was on uh, Mallorca, we got picked up in a, a Toyota Prius, like Versa. So like, mm-hmm. it's like a Prius with more room. And I was sat in this thing and I was like, dude, I am, I'm not supposed to be saying this, but I would daily drive the shit out of this thing. Like I, right. I would own one of these. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's not the flashiest and it's the butt of a lot of jokes, but it does what you need to do 
reliably exactly dude i was thinking about the fact that like man this thing is a taxi here and these things don't get treated well and it has a hundred and seventy thousand kilometers on the clock and it still fucking purrs like a kid this is the car that you want yeah exactly <laughs> but that's what you know these um things like porn and only fans take away from an yeah. individual especially when they are growing up with it like luckily for sure i'm luckily we did not grow up with it from the get-go yeah um i remember only fans came out when you and i we'd already graduated from high school so yeah, it was afterwards and then i heard about it i'm like that's stupid i don't have to take off boy was i wrong yeah dude um, i remember the first time i heard about you know like only fans content creators selling a subscription for like five dollars a month and i was like who is actually stupid enough to pay five dollars a month to get what you can like get for free on the internet yeah. and then a lot I, of people a lot of fucking people apparently <laughs> a lot of people do this um now just just to be completely fair right i once in my life actually bought an only sub i really did oh. once in my life yeah um and it wasn't because like i was lonely or anything because like, I, like uh, no was but, it like, just curiosity exactly there oh, was okay. this, there was this like uh, Instagram content creator that I've been seeing all over the place and like from her posts I had already like kind of ascertained that she was more on like 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 like, like that she was doing lewd stuff on the side mm. right and then I saw on her bio that she had an OnlyFans link and I was like you know what I said I was never going to do this but I'm going to do this just once and it was really all that was the only time I ever did this yeah just yeah, yeah. just to get past the paywall you know and then all of my friends were like, why did you pay for the sub? You could have just gone on Reddit and looked for the leaks. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I wanted to be fair enough to be like, you know what? Okay. Let's give this thing a fair shot. Exactly. Let's see what all yeah. this is about. Exactly. And I will not lie. I was on OnlyFans for a total of 10 minutes and I didn't get my dick out. Okay. I was yeah. on it for a total of 10 minutes. I realized this was the dumbest $4.99 that I've ever spent in my life and i've bought i've bought some dumb shit in my life mm. i really have but never have i regretted a purchase as much as that so yeah like needless to say i haven't been back it's a it's a good thing that i'm frugal some people might think i'm cheap fine <laughs> um fair enough because you know i you know i think both you and i are very very curious person people mm. i feel like my and my curiosity has always gotten me into more trouble than I could oh, same. want to admit to. So I had that moment like you were like, all right, well, let's, let's see what this hype is about. So I, you know, I went on, I didn't have a model or worker in mind. Mm. I just clicked on the first thing. The minute they asked for my car details, I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the second you had to input your fucking car details, you're like, fuck this. Now you see, yeah. you see I'm the kind of, I'm the kind of person who's like, why do you want my car details? But like at the same time, I'm like, you know what? $4.99 isn't going to fucking kill me right now. If I were to start spending hundreds of euros on this fucking site, I would be pissed at myself, right? Because like that's mm. properly dumb. But like $4.99 to see what the hype was about. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this, right? And then, like I said, I was on it for a total of 10 minutes. And after scrolling, I realized just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, like, and you know that's the reason why I immediately went out the minute they asked for my money. Because yeah. if if I did that what you did and came to the realization, which I'm sure I would have, yeah, I that would have ate at me for the next week. 
Like even like five days afterwards, I'll be like working and I'll be like, you fucking idiot, you paid that much money yeah. for that. And yeah. But yeah, it's God, I oh man, I'm so scared for these kids, man. Yeah. Um and I'm scared for them now, but when they grow up, I'm scared for us. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm really scared about? So right now I'm in a relationship and I, I don't think that it, that it's going to end in like the foreseeable future at least right because like things can change but um my buddy actually recently said something that really freaked me out he was like you know imagine that your relationship comes to an end and instead of being like i need to find another woman now you're just like you know what i'll just wait till i'm like in my early to mid 30s once i have like enough money and once i've been established because then like it's easier to like pick up a woman right hmm. and then i was thinking to myself but wait a minute dude if you're in your mid 30s and you you want to pick up like a woman in her like early 20s you're now dealing with someone who was maybe 10 years younger than you and when i think about what kind of a woman that means for me i get fucking scared dude yeah (laughs) i get really fucking scared i mean even just look at some of the people that you might know nowadays who might be the same age as you like i like seeing these instagram post about people showing off their body it's not just women it's guys as well oh sure yeah i'm just like do you really get satisfaction of like showing this much and that's people around our age yeah think about this dude in can you imagine like imagine the average 14 year old in the uk right now right and like let's she's probably getting gang banged mate and like i'm gonna be completely honest yeah i was judging by where our society's heading yeah yeah right like when Um, we were 14 we already knew about sex we knew a good amount of information about sex which is way too young again here another disclaimer out of fairness i had my first sexual encounter when i was 14 so oh yeah i forgot about that yeah so but you get my point like right even when we were at that age we knew already we were already doing and knowing too much exactly and when I compare my first sexual encounter to something that I heard out of a 16 year old's mouth, like three weeks ago about what her first, her first sexual encounter was like, I'm like, I thought I was fucked in the mind. It turns out I'm completely fucking normal. (laughs) Like (laughs) some of the shit. That's scary, isn't it? Because you know, you know, in your heart, like even this, even for me, like personally, I've had moments where I'm like, I know that I'm fucked. Yeah, exactly. But seeing these kids, and seeing them and how it makes me feel normal scares me exactly so like i'm not going to name drop her and i'm not going to tell her story because i don't feel like she would appreciate me doing that but like Mm. the the shit that she had like spoken about and again maybe she was lying because you know teenagers do this for attention right but like um if if 70 percent of what she said was true like this 16 year old has done more freaky shit in her life than I have. And that's scary, isn't and it? That's scary as fuck because I'm because I'm fucked. Like I'm actually like I already said it in this episode. I, I I struggled with porn in the past. And you know, some of the shit that I did while I was struggling with it like wasn't okay, right? But all that seems fucking vanilla compared to some of the shit that she was talking about. Right. And, And you know, I always kind of go back and forth, right? So, you know, we have this train of thought and I always kind of give myself room to be like, well, 
it was probably like this when, you know, Elvis was coming about introducing sex into society or when like in uh, Spain, right, where tango was being introduced, mm. very lewd and sexual for the time. And maybe that's what this is. And we are at that age where we're like, no, this is too much. But I also go back to the thinking is like, no, this is actually legitimately too much for yeah, any yeah, yeah. era. So here's the thing, right? Maybe you and I, and like, even though people who are older than us like to lump us together with the current, like, sort of young adult generation, I would almost consider us to be a little bit different because we were, yes, we, we grew up with the internet and all that stuff, but it was, it was all the early stuff, right? Yeah, like, my browser when I was growing up was Internet Explorer. Yeah, I got Google Chrome when I was, like, 15. And mind you, like, when I was, like, 13, 14, 15, and 16 still, you remember 9gag? That was, like, the only fucking thing I did with the internet and World of Warcraft. Like, World of Warcraft and 9gag and a little bit of Facebook, right? Those were the only three things that I did on the internet. Mate, I I got Chrome because one of my mates in school told me to get Chrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were in high school. Exactly. Do Do you remember how, like, all of a sudden everyone made the switch to Chrome? Yeah. Yeah, like kids nowadays don't fucking get that because you're like, well, it's obvious. Like, obviously you use Chrome. And I'm like, it wasn't that obvious back in the day. You had kids using fucking Internet Explorer, Mozilla. Safari, then you had the fancy Safari. Apple kids using Safari, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was just different. And so, like, again, when when I think about what was, like, the cutting edge of lewdness and sexuality for our generation, right? It was already, like really early and too much too soon right mm-hmm. what's happening now it's not just the fact that like it's more lewd it's, it's becoming just, normal now exactly it's becoming yeah. completely normal like i think we still understood that like generally the way that our parents and i don't want to know this in detail if i'm being honest but like the way that our <laughs> parents lived out their sexual prime like yes it was different from the way that we did it but there was still enough of a parallel to the point where you could be like, well, this is still like, you know, just a sort of, sort of, you know, the bees and the flowers and all that shit. Right. Like you could still relate to it. Exactly. Whereas some of the shit that they're doing nowadays, I'm kind of like, listen, you just discovered what your genitals do. Stop fucking like, <laughs> stop doing all this shit to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, you look back, you kind of, you can kind of see the signs of it. Like, women or like girls when you were younger talking about plastic surgery and altering their bodies sure. it's like yeah you're not even fully developed yet what are you talking about exactly and one key difference that i really want to touch upon is like even me as someone who like had his first sexual encounter at 14 that fucking meant something right it was it was of significant meaning and i know that the girl that i had this with it was also of significant meaning to her yeah and that, that, there was still some intimacy value there exactly and nowadays it feels like there's none Exactly. And, and, and let's be honest, as soon as it got out that that sexual encounter had happened, it had some consequence to it. Like, mm-hmm. like right. It, it was a big fucking deal that that happened. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was nowadays like, oh, OK. Exactly. Nowadays, it's like, oh, oh, 14. Dude, that's fucking normal. Like, like, that's perfectly fine. Or like, oh, that guy or that girl. Oh, nice. OK. Yeah, exactly. Whereas. Yeah, it was just different. And like, I remember when we first met and you told me about that. Or actually, it was her that told me. Mm. Like, my reaction was still like, wait, what? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck? Whereas, like, nowadays, it would be like, oh, that's a bit late. Yeah. And like you said, because you already mentioned the fact that, like, you're still developing, like, that that's a problem. Like, I should be the fucking last one to say anything about this because, you know, the old analogy of, like, he who sits in a glass house shall not throw with stones, right? But, like, like I said, both of us at that point, even though we didn't understand fully what what the consequences were, understood that there were consequences to that. Yeah, there was a level of there's some don't reverence. Do that. Yeah, yeah, there's some reverence to that, which is gone nowadays. Yeah, I feel like nowadays it's more of like people are growing up with the sign of, you know, go full speed ahead. Yeah, and it's like no, no, slow down, please. Yeah, because it's just not good. And like, I feel like that's that's the same for a lot of choices that we make. Again, you know, I should really be the last person to caution anyone on this because first sexual encounter at 14 started actually like regularly consuming alcohol at 15, hmm. um, began smoking at 17. No, actually, that's not true. I waited till I was 18. I really did because because okay. I didn't want to fucking ruin ruin like my father's expectations of me sad right. part is as soon as i turned 17 he quit smoking my dad was a lifelong smoker right because my dad was like well he turns 18 next year so i can't be telling him not to smoke if i'm smoking mm-hmm. myself and then like he had been clean for a year and i started and he got really pissed at me for that understandably but yeah, <laughs> but yeah so i also started a lot of this shit really early and you know it's it's the classic example of like the older kids telling you not to do certain stuff but like if you're listening to this and you're, I don't know, 14, 15, maybe 16, do yourself a fucking favor and like take your time with all this shit. Just yeah, take I mean, it. We're having, we're having more of those moments where exactly. we had with our parents of like, oh, what do you know? Exactly. No, they, they know a lot. Yeah. Um, take it from two guys who were really, you know, we don't know shit about anything, right? But we, we can tell you from our own experience take your time with this shit because it's still going to be there in 10 years okay and yeah, it's always going to be there and if anything you rush into it it's going to fuck you up exactly and um there are certain things that you don't need you don't need a nicotine addiction and it doesn't fucking matter how cool you think it makes you look right because take it from someone who really actually wants to quit and has tried a total of six times in his life and can't fucking kick the can right like just don't fucking do it like i know it sounds stupid and like alcohol consumption look i'm someone when i fucking drink i drink a lot okay and so again just let me be the one to tell you just go easy with this stuff okay because i've i've fucked up numerous opportunities and numerous personal relationships in my life because of it yeah right I think we'll end it there. Yeah. All right. See ya. Thanks, everyone.